Hi, I'm Dave Baker. We're here in Hollywood, California at Meltdown Comics, and this is episode seven of It's Pronounced Zine. In this episode, I talk with my good friend Chuck Kerr, a.k.a. CEO of Zines. Uh, he runs Melthology here at Meltdown Comics, so that's mainly what we talk about. Talk about uh, how to run Melthology, what it means to have a thriving zine scene here in Los Angeles, and just generally being a good guy, because Chuck's a pretty good, he's a good fellow. You can find him online at chuckkerr.com, or uh, you can find Melthology on Instagram at, at Melthology. Here comes Dave Baker with the show, talking about paper publications you should know. Authors and photographers that are fresh on the scene, don't be getting twisted. Twisted. It's pronounced zing. Zing, zing, zing. Zing. Hi. <laughs> you guys don't do headphones? I don't personally because whenever I put on headphones, I start making voices because I can hear myself. So I start doing dumb stuff into the mics. Really? Yeah, exactly. So I, <laughs> I, I just rock it solo. Um, I'll do one on and one, one off. Oh, fuck. I'll, I'll Daft Punk it. <laughs> That's what they do. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, so for your thing, for yeah. Teenage Switchblade, and now that it's committed to tape, I have to do it. Uh, you're very <laughs> sneaky. I'm on to you, but that's cool. Uh, so, like, the, 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 um, the book has a band in it, and the band makes music, and I thought it would be cool because I like to attach myself to little projects uh, to do, like, s- some music from the book record like i don't know a few minutes of a song and put it online or put it on like a band camp to help you mm-hmm. market the book i guess yeah or... basically like whenever we do our big release or even if it's a soft release just you know in order to promote like buying the book through the site chuck's been talking about doing like a basically a, a mock teenage switchblade song yeah that we would then make like a weird like book trailer out of yeah i, I was in seattle and i had a musician friends that one of them had a novelist friend who was putting out a book called um, Hell Called Ohio. It was like Which this, is a fucking great name for a book. Yeah, it was this pulp, like, gnarly pulp, like, but set in Ohio and set, like, in the in the rural parts of uh, Ohio. I, I never read it, but it, it was, like, this gritty, like, detective kind of story, but in a weird setting. And so uh, this guy, Bill, he, he in a band called The Midnight Creep. Uh, he wrote a song with my buddy Paul, who you know. Mm-hmm. And so they wrote a song together, like a theme song for the book. And then uh, I played drums on it. We went into the studio for like a day and like um, just kind of knocked it out. It was like three minutes. Mm-hmm. And then it ended up being like kind of a really cool song. So yeah. like, And the video is fun too. Yeah, like some, and then somebody made a video for it. And I, I didn't ha- all I did was play drums and that was it. So I didn't uh, do anything else. But it was still really fun. Because, like, there was, like, this book, but now there's also this song that's, like, the theme song for the book. Yeah. And it, and then we played a couple of shows and we would play it. You know, we'd play the song that written for the book. Kind of like uh, like Ray Parker and Ghostbusters or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. That's a part of his set forever. You can always <laughs> yeah. pull that out. And people will start dancing. And, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, you originally went, well, I get. can we say what your day job is and then mm-hmm. say when you went to school? and? Uh, sure, if we're doing all that, yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Go buddy. for it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll just sit. <laughs> Nobody um, wants to hear me talk. They're here for Chuck Kerr, CEO of Zines. Okay. All right. Well, before I became CEO of Zine, I was executive vice president of Zines. And, <laughs> and then um, COO of Zines. Worked my way up. I had to like Robocop the guy in his apartment and be like, you know, 
You work for OCP. The yeah. cops work for OCP. Yeah, it was really, it was pretty rad. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, so I, I work at, right now, I work at Variety, the magazine. and I'm Not art, Vanity Fair? Not Vanity Fair. That's easy to confuse. They're both VA words. Mm-hmm. There's only a few VA words. And uh, th- those are them. And then there's uh, – so I work there and then at uh, here at, at once a month at Meltdown Comics where we are now, I do a monthly collaborative zine night called Meltthology. It's uh, – everybody gets together, draws a page of whatever they want. I collect all the art, make it into a zine. You come back the next month. You get your zine. You get your art back and we do it every single month. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is actually how we met. That's how we met. Correct. That's how I met pretty much everybody I know in L.A., Almost to a person. Really? Well, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I knew a few people, but really like three and then, mm. you know, some coworkers. But everybody else I've met, I feel like I met through just hanging out at Meltdown a lot. Hmm. It's a really good place for that, for like just kind of. Yeah, it's a great event space. Yeah, well, not only that, just even just popping in and like talking to the people that work here and, you know, you know, the, you know, Eddie looks very intimidating, but then you go talk to him and he's really nice. So, which is a joke because Eddie doesn't look intimidating. No, he's super nice. <laughs> he's super he's nice, like, yeah. he's like, hi. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Hey. Talk to me. Hi. Oh, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, so you work at Variety now. Did yep. you go to school for graphic design? No. I have a music degree. Hence, that's where the other music parts happen. Right. So, uh, if long story short, I've always done both like art, design, drawing stuff, and music stuff. Those are like the two things I'm good at. Everything else, pretty bad at. And then, um, so when I was in college, I was doing music, so I wanted to do music. But I was always doing like newspaper in the, the college newspaper and drawing cartoons and. Then I started designing and then did an internship uh, where I'm from in San Antonio at a, at a weekly paper like LA Weekly called The Current and then got hired there and then stayed there for six years and like designed the magazine top to bottom, like the covers, everything. So that was a really good ex- experience, uh, mostly good experience, and, but it was good training like, you know, because you're making something out of nothing every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I moved to Seattle for a job and I was there for 15 months and now I'm here. How did you how did you get into zines? Were you always into zines or uh, I've always been into comics, I guess. Um and I wasn't necessarily a, a big zine person. Despite my title of CEO of Zines, I probably <laughs> have You it's a shell corporation. The board appointed me and I you know, I look the the, the, the yeas had it. I had to I had to <laughs> step up to just go for the and Your was, dad was the previous CEO, and to Quell's like, uh, like, shareholder revolt, they had to instate you. It was kind of a Black Panther situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we were at the UN. You know, somebody bombed the UN. My dad was like, "You do it," and I'm like, "Okay." So that's he was what like, protect, "Spoilers, protect. spoilers." <laughs> You've seen it already, people. Come on, <laughs> protect the ink cartridges. Yeah, and then you were like, "Okay," and you pulled a toner, an ink toner cartridge out of his back pocket and p- held it in your hand. Mm-hmm. And it just like the ink went everywhere. Like, ah, oh, I just had ink <laughs> all over my shirt, ink pouring out of my hands. And you started and I was screaming like, and crying, and everyone thinks it's because your dad died. And you're like, "This is my favorite chart, Zemo." Yeah, no, it was good. <laughs> Zemo. Zemo, yeah, Baron Zemo, my arch nemesis, <laughs> fucking guy. Ugh, the worst. He's just always being a Baron all the just time. Just doing Baron shit. Ugh, I hate it. It's a dumb mask. Can't take off. Fucking goddamn it. 
So wait, know. so you but you oh, found yeah. zine stuff in Seattle, right? Yeah. So when I moved to Seattle, I mean, I always loved comics. I always loved uh, superheroes, and eventually discovered more alternative comics. You know, as I got older, and sometimes superheroes didn't quite. I mean, I let's see, I was reading, I guess, mostly like in the late 80s and 90s. So there was a real fallow period, I think. I mean, that's debatable, but for me, there was a Especially in the 90s. In the late 80s is the golden era. I mean, in late 80s, I would have been like five. So I wasn't really aware of 86 is like the peak year. Oh, yeah, I was two. Yeah, that's when Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns was a little little bit uh, uh, not quite my speed at two. I don't know, Um, man. What, What the fuck is your deal, Chuck? I will say that when I was in like middle school, my my friend Ben, his dad was an art teacher, and his dad had a hardbound leather book called the Frank Miller Batman, which I don't think I've ever. I think it was one of those graffiti designs books or something like Mm. from like one of the first ones they've ever done like that, probably. But it was year one, Dark Knight Returns, I think, and maybe one other story, but in one black leather bound book. Mm. And I don't even know if that exists anymore. You ever heard of that? I don't know. I've never heard of it either. I know of a black leather bound book, but it's called like the the Joker Strikes or something, and it's a bunch of like Dick Sprang and Bob Kane stuff that was like reprinted in the late eighties or early nineties, and it looks kind of like a Bible, like it's a bigger black uh, leather bound book. Uh, and I, don't it, think I think that, it was done for an anniversary of like the fiftieth anniversary of Joker's creation or something like that. You know, I really I don't think that that's it uh, because I really remember. Dark Knight Returns being in there because I really remember Batman and Superman fighting Mm -hmm. and being like, whoa, why are they fighting? Cut to 25 years later, Mm -hmm. still fighting. Never got past that, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, uh, so I I always loved comics. And then when I went to Seattle, you know, I was very excited because the Fanographics bookstore is up there and I would go there and hang out and, you know, buy stuff and read stuff. And and, uh, when I was up there, I... Uh, they have a really thriving comic scene, underground comic scene up there, and um, which uh, I did more music stuff up there than than anything else. But I would go to Fanographics, and one day I was I popped in, and there was a guy, and he was like, you know, oh, do you do comics? I'm like, oh, I like to draw. I love comics, but I, you know, I don't really like do them. He was like, oh, you should go to this thing. Uh, it's called Dune Comics Jam in in the University District at Cafe Racer. And I was like, oh, okay. What do you do? And I go, like, oh, you know, you draw. Somebody, you know, he collects the art, you toss in a few bucks and you get a zine the next month. And I was like, that sounds great. I really want to do that. So, so I went, I started going and it was really, really fun. Uh, I would just go by myself, but I started to meet, you know, a few people here and there and, um, it was really, really cool. Uh, and then I moved. So Mm -hmm. then I got, I ended up getting a job in LA at at the magazine. And so at Vanity Fair, at Vanity Fair, (laughs) at, uh, O magazine (laughs) and, um, it was uh, <laughs> what? I don't know why O is so funny to me. I don't me, know why, but it either. really, really is. Yeah. It does that, is that even a thing? Yeah. I know she has a TV show or a yeah. TV oh, channel. It's the Oprah magazine. Oh, I know it used to be. I don't Every know. magazine cover is Oprah in a different seasonal outfit. <laughs> I so love when it. it's December, goal, she's wearing man. like a fur thingy. That's the goal. I want D Magazine. Yeah, <laughs> me right. Me seasonal. typing on a different laptop in a different outfit. Yeah. No, that's pretty much like she'll have a pumpkin and she's wearing like an orange sweater for for like October <sighs> every single month. I love that. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's quite good. And it might actually be a really good magazine. I haven't looked at it in a long time. I, I don't know if I've ever looked at it. I know um, of its existence. That's about it. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I shouldn't just like <laughs> one day they're going to be like, yeah, well, we'd consider you at O Magazine, but one day. <laughs> you talked shit on this yeah. one guy's zine podcast 10 years ago. Right. It's like, we never forget. We always find out yeah. at O. <laughs> 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 oh, no, you did not. I don't know. Anyway. So you, uh, then you moved here. So I moved here and I ended up, uh, we can cut that part out, right? The, oh no, you didn't part. Anyway, no, no, that has to stay. Stay in. That has to stay. Oh man. Okay. We'll cut Sam's, Sam Simpson's bullshit out, but we, <laughs> we can't cut you out. Okay. All Sorry. Right. I'm trying to think now, what do I say to just like, anyway. Uh, so yeah, the, uh, so then I came here, I was coming to Meltdown a lot because I moved to LA. I'm like, Hey, Meltdown's here. I'm very excited to go there a lot and just hang out and, and go to the shows. They have the great comedy shows here. They have everything, everything I could be interested in pretty much is all in this one, you know, space. So it's pretty cool. Uh, and I was asking around if there was any kind of event like, like Dune, the, the comics jam up there. And I was, I was kind of, I went to secret headquarters and asked around and they were like, no, but that sounds cool. And I was like, okay. And then I was here, and I was talking to Derek of the Meltcast fame, and he was uh, CEO of Meltcast. CEO of Meltcast, and Aristotle shaking his head. He's no, no, Aristotle CEO. CEO of Meltcast. Okay, so he's the COO of Meltcast. He's uh, <laughs> he's executive vice vice president of DC Comics Division. Yeah, of DC Propaganda. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so we, uh, I was just talking to him about it. He's like, no, that sounds, that sounds really cool. But then he said, and you should, you should do that here. Like, you, you could do that here. And I was like, oh, I could do that here. Uh, really? Like, that didn't pop into my head originally. Like, that's not why. I was, like, not shopping around my pitch or something. Yeah, you were just trying to trying join to find, someone else's thing. Yeah, I was trying to join somebody else's thing. And then, like, Black Panther, it had to be me. Mm-hmm. I had to step up. Yeah. And become the leader of my people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the Wakandan super scientists yeah. are, you know, making vibranium anthologies. They somewhere. need somewhere to draw. Yeah. And create, you know, what'd you say, vibranium technology? Yeah, they need to make vibranium technologies. Yeah. So so anyway, so we did we did one and Gaston and Francisco and everybody here at the store was amazing and very supportive and, and we all just said like let's just do one and see what happens and had six people show up. So including myself and my, my girlfriend at the time, and that was, that was it. Uh, but then the next time, like, we had, like, eight people. And then the time after that, we had, like, 12. And then it sort of started to grow by, I don't know. Not, word of mouth bullshit? Or? Yeah, well, word of mouth and social media. Like, I, was, I promoted it on Instagram a lot. Like, I would post sneak previews of people's art um, and then make sure to mention it was going to come up again in the next week or two or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And and then it would be on the the Meltcast podcast, or it would be on you know it would Meltdowns. If you want to have a thing that's that's cool and nerdy, and it's in Los Angeles, this is you know that's a this is a pretty great place to reach people that and I and knowing that too because like you know that that's what I did. I showed up because I was like, there are people that are like me that come to this that, this place. So if I want to meet friends or meet people, like this is probably a good place to do it mm. um you know i was hanging around you know the big five sporting goods for just forever <laughs> forever and nobody like some they, guy was trying to sell you used lacrosse gear and you're yeah. like nah man nah. but how do you feel about comics and they're like what and i'm like never mind so yeah it wasn't wasn't really working out for me at big five but here very cool mm-hmm. um and so you know that's that's kind of the story i think we had uh our one year anniversary was last september and that was like a 64-page 
comic. That was a 64-page zine yeah. with 63, 62 or 63 different con- contributors uh, in that one night. Yeah. And it was... It I remember was, it, was, it was fucking gangbusters. It here. was crazy. And we had, you know, we had some cake. We had... It was kind of like... I mean, we, we promoted it very heavily as well because it's the anniversary, but like... That was, I mean, I remember the first time we had like 30 people and I was like, whoa, okay, this is getting like crazy. And then double that. And it's like, that was really mind blowing. And everybody had a good time and everybody was cool. That's the best part is to me. I mean, yeah, we make a book, which is fantastic. And it's, to me, it's better than a drink and draw because you get a thing. Like you get mm-hmm. a record of one night's worth of, of, of work and one night's worth of, you know, interaction or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you can hang on to forever if you want, um, but yeah, the, the social aspect of it and the people, the people that are making friends, and then you know, you know, not just me making friends, which is great, but also like other people, you know, making friends with other people. Yeah, no, I mean, I made a shit ton of friends just from people yeah. you sit next to, or you, or even just like maintaining friendships too. Because here in LA, it's so hard to like go out and hey, you want to go to fucking sandwich shop x and hang out for 40 minutes the sandwich shop x mansion yeah exactly but you I'd know go to that yeah me too but you know you go here and you hang out with everybody and you know you draw a thing and get to be social at the same time yeah i think it's and i think you know the setting is cool because you're you're drawing comics in the house of comics basically and and mm-hmm. all this you can look around and there's just it's not I mean, in Seattle, they did it at a bar. It was like a bar restaurant, which was really cool. Um, but it was a really cool place. They had like all these velvet. They had a museum for bad velvet paintings. Like it was like one room that was all like horrifying clowns, Thank horrifying little God. girls in black velvet. That's all smeared like John Wayne Gacy was like, this is beautiful. Like that was what it was. So you'd look up and then see that and be like, okay. And everybody was doing like weird stuff and just, you know, experimental stuff and not, and not nobody up there and nobody, almost nobody here has, has been like, you know, everybody's just doing it for fun. It's not like, you know, I'm going to live or die by this thing I'm going to do in a few hours. Mm -hmm. That's going to be like three bucks. You know, it's, it's all like, you know, I like that environment where something that you could do as a one-off becomes like, it's just, it's easy to, it's easier to be creative when there's no pressure. I think, Mm -hmm. I mean, actually deadlines are good, obviously, but if there's no pressure and there's no, like, for again, I don't know if I said this earlier, but Melthology has no skill level required. There's no, you know, set, you don't have to do a certain style. Is you there an age limit? Um, you know, I would say, like, like 18 and up-ish, cool 16-year-old, really cool 13-year-old, maybe. I don't know. Like, I don't, it's not a kid's thing. Like, it's not for kids, um, but, you know... Your mileage may vary, I think. Like, if mm-hmm. you if you think you would be upset by your comic possibly ending up next to a comic with swear words in it or, you know... Genitals. Yeah, which happens. That's mm-hmm. a, a very a popular topic for some people. <laughs> then that ends up, you know... I don't want to censor people, but I... So, so that's, that's why. Like, mm-hmm. um, we did have a baby who did some scribbles and it ended up in the, in the book. Um, that's my favorite thing. Yeah. Whenever it, whenever I have to pitch the the project to somebody, you know, like either you you know, we've tabled at things mm-hmm. together from time to time or just whenever I'm out on the street telling people, flagging them down. 
with one of those giant, you know, w- w- spinning. spinning sign things. Yeah. Uh, that's what I always say is there was a baby who did it once, so the skill level's really, really open to whatever the fuck you want it to be. I mean, that baby was really good. The baby's, that baby's scribble was the shit, though. It was, it meant, like, I mean, it was very much man's inhumanity towards fellow man <laughs> and ISIS and everything just in one <laughs> scribble. It was so good. It was, it was, it was the godfather of baby scribbles. It was the godfather part two of baby scribbles. it was the godfather part two <laughs> yeah. and then the baby came back and tried to do it again and we were like well that's the godfather part three yeah baby scribbles just give it up baby just yeah, give it up we don't we don't count that one <laughs> we just let that one i mean it's there it's there if you want it but otherwise you don't need it no um <laughs> but yeah so i don't know it, it's it that's kind of the idea and again this is not my like I didn't create this like whole, whole out of whole cloth. I, I I literally took sort of what they do in Seattle and brought it here. I mean, it's a little different just because I think one thing that's interesting is there's a lot of people that do like animation and like other kinds of like cartoon art and comics and so it's it's and there's it's I think a pretty diverse crowd here as well. Oh yeah. Um. So and, and even with like age is, is mm-hmm. everything. It, it's a very I'm always a little surprised. Like it's. It's not just a bunch yeah, of dudes. Yeah, very ethnically diverse. You know? Yeah, it's not just a bunch of dudes in a comic shop drawing, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It, what yeah, were we talking about? Witchblade or something the other day? Yeah, so it's not like, yeah. it's not just this ridiculous, like, superhero comic Yeah, everybody's going to sit here and draw their Superman analog. Right. That's, that's not what it is at all. But it, but it, it, it could, could be. be. If it you could wanted be. to draw that, like, it there's could be, not but any that's not. Stipulate. But I feel like that might be the assumption of being like, oh, it's hit Meltdown Comics. It's a Maybe. bunch of dudes drawing spider-man it's not that at all right yeah. i mean yeah and and for anybody that you know i, I again it's so open-ended and it's it's meant to be fun and social and and no pressure and and some people do continuing comics and some yeah, people yeah. do one-off comics yeah it's really yeah it's, there's uh you, you know you can do serial serialized stuff like one page uh one page a month for you know however many pages and some people are doing that like right now mm-hmm. uh there's a guy nathaniel osillo i think osillo mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to osillo, pronounce it. i think it's osillo yeah osolo oh there you go okay sorry anyway uh he's great and he does a, a comic about a character dark mouse and that's his character and he's on he's done two installments of a story that's like it's really cool it's a little will eisner-esque like it's you know he's kind of using meltology i guess to play around with like form and mm-hmm. panels and pacing and and it's it's a good place to experiment you know if you're like you just want to and you want to do it mm-hmm. for fun it, it's it's fun but that's that's an example and then you yourself you've been doing a for almost a year now probably uh a running uh a running series on a uh so they're a hip hop, they're a robo, what do you call that, robo hop? What is that? <laughs> yeah, they're a hip hop cyborg group yeah. called Bob Kane Ascot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and each each issue I do, basically like a one page story about the three members of Bob Kane Ascot getting into some sort of creative squabble beef yeah. thing with other people in the hip hop industry. It's kind of like Curb your enthusiasm yeah. or something but it's set in the hip hop world set in the hip hop cyborg world yeah yeah and they're always very sad and they always kind of get the shaft and anytime they try and like <laughs> fuck somebody over and like it just never works out for them yeah yeah that that remind uh we did one that was um 
it, you introduced the character Sick Tracy. Sick Tracy, who's like the villain. He wears a red or a yellow hat like Dick Tracy and a yellow jacket, but he's a rapper named Sick Tracy, and he's kind of like this rival of Bob Canascot, and he's just kind of a nice guy, but Bob Canascot's like, fuck that dude. Yeah. And But when you said, I, we were sitting across from each other, and I was like, what are you going to do this month? And you were like, oh, I've created this character, Sick Tracy, and I was like, stop right there. I want in on this. <laughs> So you you finished your like you sort of sketched out what you were doing and then I was like I'm going to do the page opposite and I'm going to finish or at least continue that yeah, yeah. particular thread and uh, I was looking at that the other day and it's, that still made me laugh. It was it's like really really funny. really funny. Your your sick Tracy rhymes are better than mine though because <laughs> I did I did like a really shitty like stripped down kind of like OVO style rap where they just kind of say the same thing over and over again and I think it might have even just been fuck sick Tracy. Like, I think they sing a song that's literally just, like, fuck Sick Tracy. Yeah, there's, like, they say something like, hey, like, he's like, hey, break a leg, guys. And, like, cool, cool, yeah, you're awesome. And then they get, as soon as they get on stage, they go, hey, we just want to say one thing. Fuck Sick Tracy. <laughs> and you, that panel, though, where he's got his hat and he's just, like, one single, t- just so funny. Because it's like, we've all been Sick Tracy. Like, you're yeah, like, hey, every- man, I support you. And they're like, uh-huh. I hate that. You know, they just, yeah, like, yeah. really just, you know, hate your guts. And you're like, ugh. But you you took it further though because yours was like it was like the next day. Sick Tracy goes into this, it was that night. Yeah. Sick Tracy goes into the studio and like his basically he's, he's gonna his home studio. <laughs> yeah, that's got really elaborate. Uh, yeah, yeah, and he was like, I'm gonna make a like diss track to Bob Kane Ascot, and you actually wrote rhymes yeah. for it, yep. and they were real good. They were I was I was impressed. They were like mad fresh. I was like reading that shit like oh okay. All right, Chuckster. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Because you didn't finish it that night. I didn't see it until it was in print. Yeah, I I, because of the the you know CEO duties or whatever. Sometimes I don't (laughs) I don't get to finish that night. Uh, But as the CEO, I take liberties and I'll finish it. You know, in that week or the next week or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So no, that one was really really fun. Just because like I think I had something else totally one hundred percent planned, and then you said something that made me really like laugh and be like that i i want to help with that and that's totally allowed like there's no you can do that there's people that uh erica and steve they mm-hmm. collaborate every month almost i think yeah yeah um mm-hmm. you know lady she draws, beaver and yep uh steve wallinger, wallinger. Yeah. yeah 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 and they uh they do a thing comics comic prov i guess that they sort of i think the way she i think she said they kind of started it here at mm-hmm. anthology that you know, she draws something and he's never seen it, and then he writes the dialogue, and it, they both make the other thing funnier. You know, mm-hmm. like, so that's really cool. And they're, in other words, like because it's it's social, you can kind of you can kind of do whatever, mm-hmm. and and then you know it doesn't even have to be like a masterwork because you're going to do another one the next month, mm-hmm. and you know it, it's I like that. I like that it, it's very not democratic, but you know what I mean. Like that's. It shouldn't be about to me because this. I feel like this would stop me from from creating something or being creative. Is if somebody was like, "Ugh," you know, yeah. like there's nothing worse than like, "Ugh, that's what you're doing." Yeah, and that that bugs me because not everybody is going to be a pro. Not everybody's going to be like, "Oh, tomorrow I'm going to be Neil Adams or something." You know what I mean? Yeah. They're going to not. They're just, maybe they just like comics and they want to draw. 
Yeah, but they've never drawn anything before, and they're going to just come in and be like, fuck it. Yeah, and I mean, as soon as somebody does, as soon as somebody puts that wall up in front of them, they're like, they get discouraged, they don't want to do it, and then that's somebody that's not going to be creative, and maybe they won't like comics ever. I don't know, you know, that's a very extreme example, but... No, but shit like that happens, though, especially when people are kind of in their creative infancy, or however you want to phrase it. Totally, and you know, to me, like, I got when I got to Seattle... And because I mean, I like to draw and I like to do stuff, but I had never, for whatever reason, made my own book or done my own thing. Like, a, but when I got to Seattle and I started going, uh, it was really, really satisfying. Like, I was surprised at how good it felt to be in a book and mm-hmm. to be one page of like 50 pages or whatever. It's so funny. My mom and I were having that conversation today because we just got our shipment of Teenage Switchblade, That's right. my new book, mm-hmm. and she. Drew, she illustrated a four-page comic that I wrote, and she had never drawn. I mean, she drew in high school, but, you know, my mom's like 60. Yeah. You know, it's been, it's been a minute. She's had a life. She's a theater director. She directs productions, so she doesn't have time to, like, sit and worry about rendering windows. She's like, I'm here, and this is where we're going. We're going in that direction. Humans, follow me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's a very creative person, and she, you know, draws while she's on the phone or whatever, but that's not like a finished illustration. And the kind of hook for our Fuck Off Squad books is that they're all drawn by women and predominantly female characters. Right. And um, so we were looking for more people to do backups in this second volume, Teenage Switchblade, and I was like, Mom, you want to you wanna do, you wanna do a mini-comic, Mom? And she's like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to <laughs> do that. I'm a fucking, no, I don't, I don't draw comics. I don't even read comics. I don't know how to do that. And I was like, no, no, it'll be fun. Look, I'll help you with it. It'll be super fun. Let's do this. And, uh, it was, it's been like the best thing ever. Like I just sent like her photos of the pages and she called me like crying and she was like, this has been like one of the greatest like creative experiences ever. I didn't realize how great this feeling is to have your shit in a book. Like I just, I thought you just draw it and then that's it. But it's like a thing, and it's going to go into the world, and it's like right. having a kid. And I was like, yeah. I know, this is why right. I make stuff. And she's like, I make stuff too. And I'm like, this is great. Yeah. You're, you're like, I've got eight kids in the world right now. <laughs> I've got eight kids, but they're all on paper. None of them are real. They're all over the country. Yeah. <laughs> some are in Canada, yeah, I think. Some are in Canada, yeah. <laughs> you know, customs or whatever. Yeah, exactly. They get up there. Mm-hmm. No, I I, agree. I totally 100% agree with that. And I, when I got my first Dune comic uh, zine up there at, that had my you know I had a goofy drawing about a super si- spaceman named Ronald Ray Gunn who, yes did I just did I ever show you that no so the first I, it was inspired by my my buddy Jackson and, and Megs and Mike their band Ronald Ray Gunn and um, they so I just took the name and it was like Ronald Ronald Ray Gunn was uh Oh gosh, what it was like really it's you know the 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 Chuck Kerr special of like funny but sad. Yeah, yeah. It was like oh man, I can't remember the first panel, but it, it basically he fights Dr. Alzheimer and then <laughs> he who's Is like his the, sidekick Jelly Bean? No. <laughs> but he like has so like there's that and he's like, you know, he, Dr. Alzheimer's like, I've got you now, Ray Gunn. And he's like, who Who are you? Like, it's, <laughs> and then the next panel is like, Ronald Reagan fights the Cold War and he's in bed and he's like, I'm so cold. And, and the last panel is like, 
fight on Ronald Reagan and it's just his headstone and Dr. Alzheimer's in the back looking sad. <laughs> anyway, I thought it was really funny, uh, but uh, it's also kind of depressing, I guess. Anyway, so I did that. It took me, you know, a few hours. I just kind of, you know, drank a beer, drew a comic, whatever popped into my head and uh, it got published and it got, I mean, we only print as many people as pretty much as many people that show up. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's published and then it's like in bookstores everywhere or on Amazon or something. But it's there. Like I, I still have them. Like I'll never get rid of those things. Like mm-hmm. I'll always have those books that I did in Seattle or that I did here. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a nice feeling. Like it's a nice feeling to. Do you get that same feeling from when you do design work? Like when you oh, see yeah. one of your covers for Variety go out, and you're like, "Fuck yeah!" Yeah, most of the time. Um, I mean, especially if I feel like it's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, not everything, like sometimes you hit a double or you, you know, and not everything is a home, like you do one a week. So not everything is going to be like, I mean, we shoot for like, you know, moon breaking, like, like earth shattering, like as, as good, like everything you do should be like, wow, the world's better now mm-hmm. that you've done this. But I, I, I mean, that's so lot, that's not doable, but it's, it's a nice thing to try for. So when you do some, when you do something that's like really, you know, when you think it's good, I only do things that I think are good. Like mm-hmm. I, that's about as I'm, I am the CEO of zines because of that. Well, but I, yeah, yeah, no, it's my whole business plan for zines. It's, it's one um, zine. That's one piece of paper that just says do things that are good. Yeah. Well, it's, it's very much like, uh, you know, I'm just kind of going by what I think looks cool. And we're talking about magazines or zines too, even or whatever, like anything. So, you know, but the, Bottom line is like if you do something and you like it, then it's good, and that that's that's like you know when it comes to what I do here at Melthology, I think that that is a very worthwhile thing. Like you don't have to be a pro, you don't have to be, you know, trying to. You don't even have to be like quote unquote good. You can do stick figures, and you can draw the funniest comic that makes me laugh. You know, yeah, really XKCD hard. is that exactly? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that, or the oatmeal, or something like yeah. that guy. I don't know. Maybe he's like a brilliant artist or something. I don't know, <laughs> yeah. but it doesn't even really matter because it's like really funny. No, but I think that's something that's really important. That I feel like, unfortunately, that kind of openness to creativity and the the acknowledgement that making shit in general is just really fucking hard and doing it in any way is awesome. I feel like that gets lost a lot when people become quote unquote professional because there's so much competition and there's a hierarchy. And I mean, you and I have interacted with certain individuals that are quote unquote professionals who've been, or at least I won't lump you into this. I have, uh, interacted with certain individuals who are quote unquote professionals that have been kind of condescending about the idea of, mythology and been like oh that's i remember when i used to do things like that when i was first starting out and like i'm not starting out i've been making comics for like a decade like i've written movies for studios like i know how to do what i do and i choose to continue being in the scene because it's important to me personally to contribute to the culture and try and make a positive impact yeah and even with just even that all that it's also just kind of it's fun it's yeah, like, yeah. like if, if anybody like that's kind of my whole thing would be like if somebody's like oh why do you you know which that doesn't really happen that much but i would be like well i don't know it's fun do you like to have fun yeah <laughs> i like to have fun i think drawing's fun i think seeing what other people draw is fun i kind of even think scanning all those pages and making a zine <laughs> once a month is fun so like i mean it's 
you know, if you're not into fun, if you if you have a attitude about it, like don't come. <laughs> like I mm-hmm. guess, like and that's cool too. Nobody says anybody has to do anything. So it's more about like who's if you if you feel like you're a social person and you you want to draw and you want to be creative and you know you like comics or you like mo- comic movies whatever everything like it's yeah. it's just you can you can do any subject matter it doesn't have to be superheroes it doesn't have to be you know alt comics you don't have to do r crumb crazy stuff it's just whatever it's mm-hmm. it's all you know it's all good unless you do hate speech don't do hate speech like don't do it. <laughs> like that's bad. And what's hate speech? If I think it is, then it is. I don't know. Like it's yeah. it's just don't do it. Um. So, but that's never come up. Yeah. That's no. I've it's a up. really positive. And we've been doing. Yeah. Everybody. We've been doing it almost two years, and nobody's ever been like, "Hey, you know who really needs a, a peg taken down a peg here? Take this group of people." I'm like, whoa. No, I don't think that's cool. Yeah. The two year anniversary is coming up, right? It'll be September. Yeah, which is crazy. That'll be issue number 25, I think. Okay. Which is like a kind of a big milestone. Somebody has to die that issue. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do I have to kill <laughs> no. one of the Bob Kane Ascot Wait, guys? Wait, maybe. And then like, or it, just have them kill Sick Tracy and then go on the run? Maybe. I don't know. I don't want to lose Sick Tracy, though. <laughs> you want to lose Sex Romancer, the Sex Mancer? Or Sex Mancer, the Sex Romancer? Maybe. <laughs> or he, Bone Thugs in Harmony. There's a couple of them. A couple maybe of, we knock off one of the Bone E Thugs. Oh, yeah, no, the E Thugs in The Bone Thugs in, in E Harmony. Fuck yeah. me. I fucked up my own pun. Yeah. yeah bone no, Thugs in E Harmony. Yeah. Maybe one of those guys gets it. Um, <laughs> that'd be so funny, though. Oh, man. I got to remember that for whoever does the cover to be like, someone in this issue will die. Yeah, yeah. Who will it be? And then it's just Gwen Stacy every page. <laughs> every page. All right, guys. <laughs> every page everybody, everybody draw Gwen Stacy, guys. Oh, man. I also, there's no theme. So I think I may have said that already. So it, I would never be like, guess what? Everyone draw this thing I want you to draw. That's, I would go home if somebody did that. I mean, you can do that. I don't know. That You can do themes like on your own. Mm-hmm. We don't do themes because themes are, they're a wall. You know, mm-hmm. it's like draw revenge, and somebody's like, "Well, I just wanted to draw cats, cat draw them revenging each other." No, <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like it's like you do what you want. It's it's open ended. So yeah, yeah. I'm I I'm very thankful that it exists. I think it's a super super cool thing. Thank I you. Think, uh, that I've met a lot of people through it, including you. And I think that uh, uh, just for the fact that at the end of it, everybody gets a thing. And I think that I, I can guarantee you that you've changed somebody's life. Like at least wow. one person. I, so. I guarantee, I would wager heavily that one person, at the very least of the however many hundred people have collectively come over these two years, has looked at that book and been like, fuck yes, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. That would be really cool. I'm sure that that's happened. I think that would be cool. And if people just had a good time for the one night. Yeah, absolutely. That's also cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's... But, I mean, you've seen evidence of that, of people eating cake at the one-year anniversary and being like, this is great. Like, you know that people had a yeah. good time. Yeah, we definitely bribed them with cake that time. And they had a good. They had a real good time. <laughs> um, no, but, yeah, I, 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 think it's, I think it's really, you know, every time there's a new person and then they hand in their first piece of art and then I tell them, okay, you know, see you in a month and... You get your book and you get your art back, and they're like, "Huh, cool, okay, well, sh- yeah, see you next time." And it's like, "All right, cool," and then they come back, mm-hmm. and maybe not they don't maybe they don't come back the next exact month, but they they come back and then uh, they get their book and they're like, "Wow, there's a book," 
Mm-hmm. You know, like it's the first time. You know, every time it's it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, because I remember my first time. Oh snap! What was <laughs> what was your first time? Well, I was in Seattle. <laughs> and, uh, That's not what I meant. I you 20, know it. I was twenty eight, twenty nine, and um, anyway, yeah. Uh, are you gonna make uh, comics and zines that are not mythology anytime soon? Uh, yes, I would like to. Just throw it on the pile heap of uh, the, the project the bullshit pile. that you have to do. Yeah. Well, not even bullshit. It's all stuff that I like to do. Um, again, I only like to do like two things. So that those are the things. So it's it's kind of like uh, it's just kind of not making excuses. And part of for me too, like seeing you guys, like Dave and well, you're Dave, but yeah. seeing like you and Nicole and Austin and Sonia and everybody, Jamie and Andrew and people that do their do their stuff and they put stuff they're like they're working on their art like that's very inspiring and it's something that i personally need uh to get energy from does that make sense yeah totally like eventually my i was talking to nicole the other night and i can't why am i telling you this because this defeats the whole purpose and why am i saying it on a podcast because this defeats the whole purpose but i'm saying anyway uh one day i just want to walk up to you and be like hey dave check out this uh, book I made and it's a little book but nobody knows that I had done it yeah. or that I was doing it and mm-hmm. then I just here's a, a thing and it's it's done because mm-hmm. otherwise I don't know if I'd be like not a big book not a not a, just a, a thing like mm-hmm. if I can figure out this you know just here you know here you go it's funny that you bring up that kind of like secretive nature of the creative process at times because the current movie I'm writing, I'm doing the same thing, which again defeats the whole purpose of doing this. Right. But I'm, we're talking about this and it's coming up organically, so I'm going to yeah. talk about it. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not telling anybody that I'm writing this thing. And I'm, right now I'm like 40 pages in, mm-hmm. so I'm about halfway done. And uh, you know, I haven't told any of the people that I'm going to eventually – because usually it's like, a, hey, so I'm writing this thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, are you ready right, to see right, this right. thing? Yeah. Hey, you know you have to like prep people in order to give them the thing for them to be able to process it. Um, but this time I'm just gonna. Or you're just really excited and you want to tell people. Exactly. There's that too. But yeah. I've been kind of like taking. I also selfishly, I since I don't have a writing partner, kind of break story by pitching. If that makes any sense. Sure. Where I'll go up to, let's say you and I are hanging out, which has actually happened before. Uh, where I was like, yeah, so I'm working on this thing, and it's basically like, uh, I'm just going to make something on the spot. It's about a UFO that takes the form of Pete Holmes and lives in a shack all by itself, and then it learns how to be a human by listening to the Pete Holmes podcast, and then it impersonates him and goes to Meltdown and takes over the podcast and shapes the course of human history by pretending that it's Pete Holmes. You're, like, I feel like CIA agents are going to bust in, because that's <laughs> probably true. <laughs> That is probably correct. And so, they're like, he knows. So basically, but but like while I'm writing, sometimes I have a concrete outline and sometimes it's like I've got a couple beats and by pitching what I'm writing to different people, I figure out the meat, if that makes any sense. Sure. Like maybe I wouldn't know while I'm writing it, I wouldn't know that he's in, he lives in a shack. Mm-hmm. And then by pitching it, it comes out organically and then I'll go back and rewrite what I've written to make it so that he's in a shack because that's a good idea. Or maybe like I go, oh, really? A shack? And then you're like, huh, maybe Shaq is the wrong way to go. Maybe yeah. it's Kobe. Exactly. No, <laughs> maybe he lives inside Shaquille O'Neal, not a small hut. It's called Kazam 2. Yeah. Kazam 2, the Pete Holm years. Electric Pete Lou. I don't know. Um, oh, so bad. No, but, th- but that's... Let's edit that out. <laughs> uh, but that's what I'm saying is like I... That's, 
sort of become like a weird part of my process that I don't really like because it's like this weird iterative pitch at that point, which I feel kind of strange about. Um, so I'm basically just not doing that this time. I've got kind of an outline and I'm just writing it as I go. Yeah. Um, which I've done before to varying degrees of success. Usually more outline is better. Anyway, uh, I relate to what you're talking about in terms of that kind of like, I'm just going to go away and do this thing and then come back and be like, fuck all of you. Look at this thing. Yeah. Lemonade. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Lemonade. It's so sweet. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. That's so silly. I just need my, my rap mogul husband to like cheat on me and then boom the best zine slash hbo special yeah ever. do you think that's real though or do you think no it's it's, i don't think it's real yeah i don't either uh, I, I don't know somebody sometimes people at my work say stuff and i'm like they probably know something about something because they probably know everybody but somebody was like oh yeah that's all made up they're they're both in on it and everything's like totally fine and they're just just you're a fiddle and they're playing you mm-hmm. and you love it and i'm like all right, yeah, that's probably true. I, I mean, mean, maybe it's not true. Maybe that's the spin to counter the spin to counter the spin. Yeah, I have no yeah. idea. But I'm that's not, that's how Beyonce. I felt about, did you ever see the Banksy movie, Exit Through the Gift Shop? Yes, I did. Yeah, that's how, at the end of that movie, I was like, no, oh, this was real. There's no way any of this was real. This Banksy made this guy, and that's the point of this movie, not the actual quote-unquote That's a real movie. guy, though. He, well, I, no, I he guarantee you he's not. You don't think so? No. No, I absolutely 150 You're talking about Mr. Bingo or whatever? Uh, Mr. Brainwash. Mr. Brainwash. I guarantee you that that guy is a person concocted by Banksy. Oh, I as see. As a statement. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, I think you could still, like, he still has art for sale, right? Oh, I'm like, sure he, he does, and I'm sure stuff. he still, still does stuff because he makes money. Why would you not continue So it's that like enterprise? the Mandarin, like an Iron Man 3? Is oh, that yeah. what you're saying? I, ab- yes, absolutely. Huh. Yeah. And, like, the point of that movie was not... Look how easy it is to manufacture someone that can make art by accident, but look how easy it is to manufacture someone and manufacture the thing about them manufa- being manufactured. And manufacture lots of money. Yeah. And an Oscar nomination. Yeah. Good movie, though. I really wish he had won. I, w- I want to know what he would have done. Just, like, in a like hockey mask parade down the fucking center aisle on a fucking elephant or some shit. He bites the Oscar, it's just chocolate inside. <laughs> this yeah. is all a, a sham. It's all a sham. Ah. I don't know. That's what he sounds like. I'm, sounds I, like a Jurassic Park dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> or the guy from Jurassic Park with the white beard. What? Oh, uh, Richard Attenborough. Yeah. Sir Richard Attenborough? Is that Richard? That's not Richard Attenborough. Yeah, wait. Uh, no. Aristotle on the ones and twos. Can you, can you check that out? <laughs> Aristotle. Stop, stop, stop. I believe it is uh, Sir Richard Attenborough. Is it really? Damn, Dave Baker got schooled. Sorry, dude. It's cool, man. You're on your own home bigger. turf, too. <laughs> I know. And and I fucking wrote a thing for Jurassic World, too. I should know that shit. Oh, man. No. Mm-mm. Mm. Nah, not happening. Tastes so good. Yeah. <laughs> 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 mm. uh, Let's talk a little bit about the convention stuff because you do zine zine shows and zine oh yeah and I've stuff. been I've been dipping my toe into that. Um, it's it's all again like because I kind of like I did it in Seattle kind of like I would just participate and then I moved here and have been very very slowly sort of like I mean for a long time I thought it wouldn't even work like I was like I don't know what I'm doing and then it was kind of like eventually it became a thing I'm like hey this isn't going away anytime soon I don't think. I can maybe go to L.A. Zine Fest and promote it and see what happens. Or I can go to Long Beach Zine Fest and promote it and see what happens. 
so I've done those two. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about it, really. I'd, I'd like to do more. I mean, it's very – it's not something I want to go to like, I don't know, Kentucky and go promote it. It's It's really about – people that are here and at the store and contributing that way. So it's people, I would want the people that, in other words, the people that would go to like LA zine fest or long beach zine fest or whatever, probably would like to know about this event. Mm -hmm. So that's a good way to, they're all there. You know, all all I have to do is go up to them or talk to them or, you know, them coming up to your table and you give them a flyer and give them a spiel. I'm like, you know, just kind of let them know what's up. That's, Mm -hmm. That's been real, and it's been really fun because I've you know met some cool people that way, and you know again I'm in a place where it's inspiring to look walk around and see the tables of people's art and people's books and be like oh this is really cool hey I could do something like this I really like this style oh I've never heard of her I've never heard of him you know what I mean like there's it's really really fun um, so I mean I recommend everybody that's into zines and, and maybe the people that are listening to this already you know go to this stuff but totally go i mean it's it's great mm-hmm. and everybody's you know there's a lot of local people there's a lot of out-of-town people it, i liked it I, I had a good time at both la zine fest and long beach zine fest la zine fest was really crazy it was so packed it was almost like exhaust like it was almost too ex- it was too I hope much they do two, two days this year or next year rather oh yeah because that it was, could help it was i mean you almost couldn't move for parts of it it was it was overwhelming um like I feel like I didn't see as much as I wanted to see, but only because I was at my table a lot, and also because it was just so packed. Mm-hmm. So I really kind of zoomed through, and that was like, you know, I got some stuff, and then I was like, I got to go back and sit down, mm-hmm. <laughs> not where everybody's walking around. Yeah, but I liked it. Do you have any tips, a tricks for the people that are starting to try and do zines or zine fests or tabling and conventions? Um. The, I don't know. Bring bring a sandwich. I'm a big sandwich fan, so I would say make a sandwich before you go. Put it in some foil. Take it in your backpack or whatever. And at an appropriate hour, eat that sandwich. Mm. And it will help you, you know, power through the rest of your day. Um, and, yeah. I don't know. That's about it, I guess. Like Chuck Curry, bring, man. Bring, Simple uh, man of ones and zeros. Yeah, Easy. I mean, bring water. Bring something to drink. I would say having, like, I mean, you probably know more than, you know, could speak to this a lot more. I've seen how you guys do it, and I think it's cool that, like, you guys have, like, almost every price level of thing you could walk away your t- from your table with. Did I say that right? I knew what you meant. And, uh... Everything, like if you were like, oh, I only have a dollar. It's like, well, there's a dollar thing you can buy. A sticker is a maniac cop or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's stickers. There's cute girls on the side of the road. or <laughs> That's not what, hold on. Nicole does cute, a series of stickers called the Six Cute Girls Mamas. on the Side of the Road. No, no, no. They're, they're yeah, they're the urban cool people. You know, anyway, anyway she's yeah, gonna, Nicole does stickers, drawing, does drawings of girls and turns them into stickers. Yeah, yeah. called the Six Street Mamas, which is what he's talking about because they're only a dollar. Right. Not that she, there's not, just like not just cute on, girls. On the side of the road. Photos, cell phone photos of cute girls. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. So, so I didn't say that right. But, so in other words, like you've got those, you've got the zine, like like zines that are, you know, like, you know, whatever, five bucks or something. Mm-hmm. And then you mm-hmm. have books that are like, you know, 10 to $15. Is that, is that mm-hmm. right? So in yeah. other words, there's like between, you know, stickers and buttons and patches and all the little stuff that people get. And then there's books and there's zines and magazines. There's other stuff that people get. Um, 
yeah, it's 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 you know maybe you don't buy the twenty dollar book, but maybe you get a five dollar zine, or maybe you get a two dollar button or patch or something. It, the funny know? thing about that is how. So you pitch somebody the book, they don't really, they're not interested in the books, then you, they look at the zine, you pitch them the zine, and they're like, oh, but it's $5, that's a lot for a zine. And then they look at the stickers, and they're like, oh, these stickers are really cool, they're only a dollar, and they end up getting like eight stickers. Yeah. Which is hilarious to right. me. And you're, it's like, I mean, it's kind of the same amount of money for more drawings in the zine, but I guess the stickers are fun because you can put them on stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, but it's, if you just had like the one book, then... Yeah. Everyone would walk by it. They have the one option, and they go, "Well, I didn't think that was for me, or whatever." Yeah. And then they, which we on. did for a long time, only have one book. Yeah, and that, and I, but I, you know, just having the having variety, a variety of f- stuff at different, you know, whatever price points, I guess, mm-hmm. is good. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, that just from what I've seen. Yeah. Uh, the couple of times I've tabled, it's like just you know some back issues of Melthology that people can look at and they could buy if they want. But mostly it's like trying to get people to come visit and mm-hmm. like actually contribute and then the book gets bigger and the book gets better and everybody you, has a good time. Do you see an increase after you do a zine fest of people coming? Because I met you at a zine – or uh, no. Ka- yeah, I met you at CILA. Yeah. And you – I was drawing on a wall I think. I don't know. I think I just said that guy looks like he likes comics and <laughs> they gave you a flyer. Yeah, to yeah. be fair, we were in the Comic Arts Los Angeles event, so everybody in there looked like they liked comics. So oh, I wasn't yeah. just—I didn't just like racially profile you. Even so, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, you'd be like, "Well, I do like comics." Yeah, it's one thing if you were like, "That guy looks like he likes graphic novels," or "That mm. guy looks like he likes Stan Lee." Then I'd be right. the spit in your face and say, right. I'd, "How dare you, sir?" Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, um, and that was me—that was a very—that was me trying to like, well, these people like comics. I like comics. They might like to draw comics. Maybe they want to draw comics at my thing. We can I mean, all let's draw be real. Together. Like 80% of people that read comics want to make comics, whether they do or I not. I think that's true. They want to. I do. I yeah. like comics, and I like to draw comics and draw. And, yeah. You know, so it, it totally makes sense uh, to me. So, yeah, so, you know, going to those kind of places and, like, you know, just having, like, you know, just being, uh, what's the word? Just kind of like, Hey, this is the thing I do and check it out or not or whatever. Like most people, most people, maybe they don't show up, but they're like, Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll tell somebody about it. Maybe they'll remember I mean, I did it that later at LA zine fest. I took a bunch of flyers and just wandered around and was like, yeah. Hey, you want to come to a thing? Right. And everybody that I gave that to, except for one really tall Hispanic dude who was just kind of like, <laughs> everybody else was like, Whoa, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. I have no idea if any of those people came. You know, I'm not totally sure either. I'm not totally sure. Totally, it's not totally sure if they came to the milk ultra. Yeah, no, I don't know. Very, um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I would say everyone's been a little bit bigger than the last one, except for this, the one that had like 60 people. That was by far the biggest, and then it went down from there. But even then, it kind of doesn't, it's not really about how many people show up. It's more like just if if anybody shows up and even if we had like 10 size, people size doesn't matter to you it's all not about really. the, what you do with it's it it's all about it's just all... you know how you what you do when you're there yeah yeah you it's know? just about the quality of the work that you're putting in right not necessarily the you know and just of... you know be creative yeah just you just embrace it you know right just like really go to town and just say like keep your pencil sharpened <laughs> yeah just be like i'm only going to live once let's do this right yeah yeah 
Good. Yeah, we officially I, yeah, killed I know, all I momentum. Like, well, Great. I was like, no, no, no. I was just, <laughs> that was the wheel spinning, trying to think of more, you know, <laughs> like, use Bristol board? Uh, yeah, I yeah. I, I was like, uh, none of these sound good anymore. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, so that's, I think that the zine fests are cool, whether I'm part of them or in them or just at them. It's all cool. Like it, it, the, I would say that since I've only done a few of these things, mostly everything I've ever done or been a part of or been around when it comes to comics and zines in LA and in Seattle, especially Seattle, they were so great up there has been, everybody's really cool and, and, and everybody's like very, uh, open and creative and like, you know, they want to see the kind of stuff you do and they want to show you their stuff. And it's, it's not a big competition to my knowledge. It's so funny. I was thinking about this yesterday and I don't know if this is just me growing as a person, which is what I think it probably is, or if it's just a testament to the fucking shithole that is Arizona. But when I made comics in Arizona, there was a lot of shitty people and there was a lot of like weird scene dynamics of like this guy doesn't like that guy and I don't like this dude because he doesn't like that. Like there's a lot of weird dumb scene shit. And I think it's probably because I was 16. There was a lot of that because I was 16. But here there's none of that like i'm friends with everybody even the people's books i don't like we're still friends and like everybody's super jazzed that people are making stuff Mm -hmm. um and i yeah i don't know if that's me or just the scene out here is well the scene out here is great i have i do have a, a, a theory totally unsolicited that i'll just throw out there if you're in a very small place um the chances of you liking everybody in a small group are not great like there's going to be somebody that is not going to gel with other people and there's only like eight people you know let's imagine there's eight people the odds of you getting along with all eight are not good yeah plus you know i'm from texas it's not a small town but i've been part of scenes where it and i'm guilty of this myself where it feels like there's only so much to go around Mm -hmm. and if somebody's doing something the night like if there's a band, say there's a band, then you don't think they're very good or whatever, and they're playing at a venue, your band's not playing because there's only like three venues. So mm-hmm. you're not getting to do your thing because someone else is doing it. Mm-hmm. And in theory, in a healthy scene, that's fine. You all support each other. Uh, it, it's not always like that. No, it's not. I would say that what we do here is a healthy scene and that everybody su- is generally supportive and not like... I mean, it's not like we're all, how do I put this? Everybody can talk to everybody, and it's not like there's a, what am I trying to say exactly? It's not like someone's going to walk around and be like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, what are you, but they could, you know, mm-hmm. and, or they're not going to be like, oh, you should do this, or you should do that, you know. It's more, you do your thing, and, and everybody's cool, like, but I don't know. It's not competitive, I guess is what I'm yeah, trying yeah. to say. Like, it's not competitive, and if it, 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 you know, maybe it's like, oh, they did something really cool. I want to do something cool, too, but it's not like... You know, nobody like if there the more people that show up, this is what I'm trying to say, the bigger the book is. It's not, oh, there's only 10 spots. Yeah. Well, I was even just talking about in a bigger sense of like the comics, quote unquote, zine, quote unquote, creative scene here in L.A., not even necessarily just Melthology, just because there's a fuckload of people making stuff here. And yeah. I think that's awesome. And totally. I don't know if I've ever actually had a negative interaction with somebody based on like what we make. Like, there's people that have been, like, fans who've been like, oh, there's the word fuck in the title of this. I don't want this. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's fine. That's, like, their prerogative. That's, right. I'm, that's, that has no bearing on me as an individual. 
it's different when there's another creative who is also exhibiting at the show coming over and being like, whoa, this is shitty. Mm. Like, when I was in Arizona, a dude called me faggot and tried to, you know, beat me up. Might be an Arizona thing. <laughs> That's what I'm, that, but it's, it's, some of it is, I think, an Arizona thing. Some of it, I think, is, I was like 17, 16. Mm. Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure I was fucking annoying as shit. <laughs> Everybody's annoying when they're 16. Yeah. No, that's true. Except Chuck Curry. He's probably still the CEO of Zines. Um, I don't even know if I knew what a zine was. When, no, I knew what a zine was when I was 16. But I don't know if I'd ever seen a zine. Like, you know, in the scene, there's unseen zines everywhere. <laughs> there's too many puns. Too Sorry. many. Too many. Uh, I'll show where, myself, show myself out. Where, where can people find you on the internet, sir? Oh, um... Is it is it about that time? I think so. We usually try to keep it about an hour. Okay, cool. Until we've developed a massive following, and then we'll just hold like four hour long marathon interviews. Nice. Um, well, I'm uh, I have a website, chuckker.com, and that's a lot of work stuff. Um, there's uh, you know social media. If you Google me, I pop up pretty fast. Um, there's the, the ultimate temple of hatred doesn't come up. It does well. It doesn't as much um, now that you've said that. No, I think I, we have to have talk to about it. Yeah, it yeah, so yeah, my, exactly. You know, my, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Random person doesn't be like he's got an, uh, a hate website yeah. about him. No, he does not. Chuck, Chuck is a lovely human. Aristotle, have you heard this story at all? All right, so this is a fun. This is a fun thing. It doesn't. It has nothing to do with me, but it's it's like. But it kind of my does, story though. kind of. Uh, there's there was a website that is was taken down, but somebody has generously archived called <clears throat> uh, the ultimate temple of Charles Kerr hatred. Yeah. It's a great name for a website about a guy. It's about a guy, Charles Kerr, not me. I, I checked too. Cause you're, I was you're like, Chuck though. Like you don't go by Charles. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm uh, definitely Chuck, not Charles. So it's not me. And also this happened, you know, a long time ago. Anyway, they, uh, the, the guy had a roommate. The roommate hated Charles Kerr's guts and just really hated him and started cataloging all the bad habits, all the dumb quotes he said, started recording him and making MP3s of his vo- of his phone calls with his dad. <laughs> and they're all about like how to program the VCR and a lot of vaguely misogynist stuff. And just like this guy was like a – and I feel kind of bad for the guy because he's you know just kind of a – regular nerdy guy that you know but then it's like here's his cd collection and it's all disney and all like robin hood prince of thieves and just like this like portrait of an of a you know of this guy and it's on the internet and it's just gonna be up there forever probably but if but i found it and i was like this is this is crazy that's a that somebody did this and b that it's like, does he even know this exists? You know, like it's, and it's my name. So it's very strange, but it's not my temple of hatred. I don't have anything to do with it, but I think it's, and I, I think it's funny. And I also, it, it bums me out like a tiny bit. Cause I don't want any Charles Kerr's to be, you know, hated all on. the Charles, dude, haven't you seen the movie, the one with Jet Li? There's going to be some shitty Charles Kerr's out there. Yeah. But you know, I, I think we'd all kind of work it out. <laughs> Instead of killing each other, you guys would all just kind of like make a super fun design project. We make a zine. Yeah. Yeah, to get them all under the tent, you know. It'd be cool. (laughs) 
What are uh, what are the melthology oh, social yeah. media links? Okay, so yeah, so uh, if you Google melthology, uh, you'll find it at um, I want to say Instagram's our biggest thing for sure, and that's at melt underscore thology. Twitter, which is just kind of just connected to the Instagram, is like melt underscore thology, and I think if Facebook, if you put in melt underscore thology or melt hyphen thology, it'll pop right up. You can also find us on like the the melt comics dot com we'll have that and then a link to it probably somewhere then there's also meltdown university uh probably links to it somewhere which is all the the comics courses taught by jim higgins and and other uh cool creator people so there's a lot of different you know we're pretty easy to find there's only like one meltology really Uh so unless there's an ultimate temple of meltology hatred oh man how great would would that be out yeah so it's, hopefully it's not. your face photoshopped on the Morgan, Morgan Freeman, Freeman character, character from, from, from that was the only picture of the guy, the Charles Kerr guy. It was he had photoshopped his own face and very white hands onto the f- body of uh, Morgan Freeman from Prince of Thieves. I can't remember that guy's name. Is it like Abu or something? I don't know. It's something. It's, it's terrible. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, it's not good. But that's him, and he, yeah, that poor guy. <laughs> He's listening right now. If you're listening right now, I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I'm not. See you really. at the see you I'm, at the convention. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm not <laughs> really. You sound like a terrible dude, other Charles Kerr. <laughs> sorry, man. You you sound shitty. <laughs> he, just, he just wants to program the VCR and listen to Disney soundtracks all day. That's let him do what he <laughs> wants to do. Let's get down to business <laughs> and defeat the Kerr. Oh man. Well, you know. What can you what can you what can you say to that? You can't. We got nothing. All right, word. Thanks for being on the show, buddy. Yeah, man. I uh, appreciate it. I appreciate what you do, and um, thank you for having me. Yeah. Zing, 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 zing. Zing, zing.